Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Before uh, we bring up the man, the myth, and the legend over here, Pastor Chris Brooks. Uh, I was just going to update you guys. Pastor Stovall and Pastor Kerry are uh, still away. They're in Paris this weekend. As you guys know, Pastor shared about that a few weekends ago uh, with what's going on over there. And so Pastor uh, is speaking this weekend at our Paris uh, church, which I guess they're done with service now at this time. Uh, so he, speak t- he spoke today uh, for them, and then they're going to be spending a few days over there meeting with pastors in the city uh, of four Paris that are coming around and really casting vision around taking revival to Paris. And so be praying for them as they're over there, that God would give them favor in the city with the other pastors and that uh, we'd be able to lock arms with them and not come in as a, as this is like, we're doing this and you're doing this, but more of like a, a family thing. And so just pray that God would give them favor as they meet this week uh, with different business people and different city leaders and pastors around uh, the area. But today we have the opportunity to hear from someone who planted the church here with Pastor Stovall and Kerry uh, almost 20 years ago now, and that's Pastor Chris Brooks. And uh, I love Pastor Chris. He's, uh, he's Carl and I's boss, and we report to him on a daily basis, and he always keeps me in check and keeps me in line and helps me uh, navigate the path of life. And so I'm very thankful for you, Pastor Chris. He did tell me that I was a young, naive pastor, which is true, but, you know, I'm, I'm, he's, he's, I'm, he's mentoring me, so we're working through this. It's great. But I love Pastor Chris, and I'm really excited to hear today from him. Pastor Chris, why don't you come up? Let's give Pastor Chris a hand today. Thank you, Pastor Matt. You're not young and naive. (laughs) Come on, let's put our hands together for God. We're in his house. Come on, let's give him praise. I want to welcome the campuses. You guys can be seated. Thank you. I want to welcome the campuses out at OP Campus. Come on, let's put your hands together for OP Campus. Love you guys, Pastor Ian, St. John's, Pastor Bob. Those watching online, we want to welcome you in. It's, it's great to be in God's house. I was with Pastor in Africa. He was just texting uh, here a minute ago. He's ready to be back at home in Celebration Church, but he was preaching there in Africa, preaching in Paris, but he'll, we'll have him back soon. But uh, man, God's moving in Africa. Come on. If you haven't been over there, you got to try to make the trip. It's amazing. We did the Shine Conference. We uh, ministered on the weekends. You know, you guys are feeding over 20,000 kids Every day, that's, that's with some partnerships, that's the truth, that's what's happening. It's amazing, we got to serve and go to some of the schools and they thought I was uh, a wrestler. They said, are you a wrestler? Are you a wrestler? Are, do you know The Rock? Are you The Rock's brother? Yeah, you know, so I was picking them up and doing wrestling moves with them. We had a, we had a lot of fun, but I wanna encourage you parents, get your kids to the riot camp here in three weeks, it's gonna be amazing. Only 150 bucks. It's God's gonna move. Get like Pastor Carl was saying, getting kids away from from their environment where God can really speak to them. But I've been reflective this last couple of weeks because you know the church is gonna be 20 years old next month. 20 years old. Can you believe that? Amazing. And I had the chance to to move here with Pastor. There was only seven of us that started the church almost 20 years ago, and I've just been so thankful, Ashley and I have been so thankful to be a part of this journey, to be a part of this church family. I think it's the greatest church. Come on, y'all. I, I, we are so blessed to serve the Weems and so blessed to be a part of Celebration Church. Do you believe that? It's an awesome, awesome place to be, to be a part of this church family. 
But you know, uh, I grew up here right in the South and in Georgia and then over in Louisiana. And uh, you know, we went to church, but we weren't Christians. We occasionally went to church. We went on Christmas and Easter, my family did. I didn't know the Lord. I, I, you know, I tell people, I didn't know the difference between Moses and Noah or Abraham. I didn't know any Bible stories. I didn't know a scripture, you know, but I was a college student at LSU and God just began to deal with me through some events. Just, I just really nothing, somebody invited me to church and I thought maybe I need to go to church. I hadn't even thought of it. Never thought about spiritual things. And so one, one, you know, God just began to deal with me. And then one day, one night in my apartment in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I was 21 years old. I just got on my face and I began to cry out to God. And right, right there, right by myself, and I began to cry out to God. And I just began to say, Jesus, I, I need you. I, God, I, I want to know you. And I, I'll never forget, I, just, I got down on my face right in my little apartment and I just began to weep. And I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit came in my heart, came in my life, and brought change. And I, I'm telling you guys, when I got up off that floor, I was a new person. Old things passed away. Behold, all things became new. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit and Jesus right there on my floor in my apartment, I was healed. I'm telling you guys, I, I, I was delivered right there. Healing happened in my soul. I was healed, I was renewed right there. I got up, I was a new person, man. I remember I wanted to go out on this little balcony and just yell out, man, I'm free, I'm saved. So I didn't know what else to do, so I just called my parents. I said, hey, it was, it was late. I said, I got, y'all aren't gonna believe this, I just got saved. My dad was like, saved from what? What are you talking about? He said, here's your mother. <laughs> I said, mom. I just got saved. I remember telling her, I said, I, the Bible makes sense to me. I began reading the scriptures. It's, the words were jumping off the page. She said, oh, that's so great, honey. I'm so proud of you. But I share that story to say it was the beginning of a journey. I ended up, you know, you, some of you guys know, Pastor Joel and I worked at the same bar, but I really got to know him in God's house, in church. That's where we really became friends. And I met this blonde-haired fireball preacher Stovall Weems, and I, I'm, and I, we, I uh, joined this group, the college group there called Living Waters, and man, we were radical guys. I'm telling you, you think pastor's fired up now? He was fired up back then. We were radical. We started this revival prayer meeting. Guess what time it started? 5 a.m. We called it 5 a.m. revival prayer. And if you were got there at 5.05, you were late. Now it had to be, it was in our choir room in our church and it was cold and dark in there. That's how we liked it. And we would lay on our faces on the floor and we would cry out for revival to come to America, to our campus. I mean, I'm telling you guys, when I would lay in there as a college student and I would just cry out to God, I'm telling you, I felt like we were shaking the nation sometimes. I'm telling you, I just felt like something was shifting in the heavens and I really believe here, at, even when the Celebration Church launched and it began to grow, I remember thinking, man, it was that revival prayer. It was that revival prayer. It was that time where we sought God when we were in our early 20s in our face and we cried out for revival. We're seeing the manifestation of those prayers. I believe it. 
even this last year. Come on, let's get, put our hands together for God. Give Him praise. Even this last year, what God's been doing, I believe some of it was from the fruit of revival prayer. Praying, believing God. When I think about those years, here's what I think about. Learning to pray. Learning to fast. Having a heart for the nations. Shaking the heavens in prayer. You know, and we used to say this, we had this saying, we're fired up, you know, have you seen so-and-so? He's fired up. Have you, talked to, have you talked to her, man? She's getting fired up for God. I don't know where that saying comes from. To me, it's like a football coach. Come on, let's get fired up for the game. Are you boys fired up tonight? It's like a football coach saying, but that was what we always used to say. Come on, we are fired up for God. We're fired up for Jesus. Yeah, you know, and I, and, but here's the deal. That was 25 years ago. I don't wanna live on yesterday's fire. Come on, y'all. In fact, I can't live on yesterday's fire. I can't live on the memories of fire. I need today's fire. I need fresh fire. Can I have an amen? I'll, I'll hopefully I've balanced some of the zeal with wisdom. And we had a prayer meeting. Some, I wasn't there. Some of my friends had a prayer meeting. They prayed so loud, the neighbor called the cops. They thought that was so funny. The cops come knock on the door. Hey, we've heard there are disturbance. They were like, come on in, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Come on to our prayer meeting, you know. We were radical, man, but I can't live on yesterday's zeal. I can't live on yesterday's manna. I need fresh word from God. I need fresh fire from God. Today's the day the Lord has made. I need him today, amen. Sometimes in, pre in his presence, I, I just get, a, I come into worship and I just tell Jesus, I say, Jesus, I love you more today than I ever have in my life. I'm more thankful to be in your house. I'm more thankful to worship you today than I ever have been before. I can't live on yesterday's fire. The scripture says in Leviticus 6, it says, a fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. The fire shall always be burning. The priest had to put the wood on the fire every day. He had to tend the fire. He had to make sure it was burning. The scripture says, it shall never go out. I want to talk to you here the next few minutes on keeping the fire. Keep the fire. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for Celebration Church. We thank you for the Holy Spirit in our life. God, our prayer this morning is that we would leave this service here in the middle of the summer, we would leave changed and closer to you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Keep the fire. Do you know God's fire doesn't fall on empty altars? God needs a sacrifice. The, the Bible talks about present yourselves unto God, a living sacrifice. God needs a sacrifice. He needs a heart that says yes. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. He needs a surrendered heart. Here's the principle, talking about keep the fire. We lose our passion when that which was once precious becomes familiar. We lose, you can put it on the screen, you may wanna write that down. We lose our passion when that which was once precious becomes familiar. When that which was once precious to us becomes common, becomes ordinary. 
it becomes commonplace, we're going through the motions. We lose our passion. Three areas we lose our passion. The first one is God's presence. I reflect back often of my first time going to church and just seeing people worshiping. Lifted hands, singing, praising, worshiping God. And I remember feeling the presence of the Lord. You know, there's a Psalm, it says, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. It says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. And I was a bouncer at a bar and I spent a lot of hours in tents of wickedness. And I remember thinking, a day in your courts is better than a thousand. I would rather be an usher. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I remember coming into God's house and just being in his presence. You know, the scripture says, the fear of the Lord is clean. There was something about being in his house and just there was a purity and a a holiness that I could sense. And there was a joy and a freedom that I I experienced coming into God's house. It it, It was his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not faint, the presence of the Lord. Do you remember when you first encountered his presence? Do we long for his presence? David said this, my soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. David longed as a deer pants for the water. So my soul longs after you. Come on, it's, it's, a, it's a hunger. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. This is the principle, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. I remember when I was first in the ministry, I went and met with this older pastor in Louisiana. We had just started the church and he said, how's things in the ministry? He said, is it fulfilling? I said, it's, it's very fulfilling, I'm so thankful. And in fact, I was in an argument with someone in my family at the time, and that's why I went and met with him. And he taught me a couple of things. I wanted to share them with you. He said, you know, you're in this argument. And he said, I know it's painful. He said, you want to be right, but that's not the issue. The issue is you need to show honor. And I just never forgot that, that principle of showing honor. He said, the need is honor. And as I began to go back home and show honor, things began to shift. And I just wanted to share, that was something he showed me, this pastor told me 20 years ago. Honor is something we give. I'm telling you, millennials, honor is something you give. Honor your parents. Honor the Lord in his house. Honor authority. Honor church authority. Honor governmental authority. I'm telling you, it's a principle. When you honor, you're blessed. Some of you aren't giving honor and you're missing out on a blessing in your life. I'm telling you, it's a principle. It's a principle. Honor is given. Honor the Lord in his house. But then he said this. He said, I know the ministry is satis- it's brings- it's satisfying, he said, but he said, 
nothing satisfies like the presence of God. And I remember being young and I think, I'm not sure I really understand. I think there's a lot of things that satisfy me I like, you know? And I wasn't quite there yet, but now I look back and I, I understand what he's saying. There's nothing like God's presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Have you heard a teaching on the manifest presence of God? You know what manifest presence means? This is the idea. God is everywhere, he's omnipresent, but he's not everywhere in the same way. There's certain places, there's certain times where his manifest presence is with us. The scripture talks about the presence of the Lord was there to heal. Manifest means this, readily perceived by the senses to make evident or certain by showing or displaying. God's displaying his glory. That's the manifest presence. He concentrates himself where he sought. He draws near to people who draw near to him. Corporate prayer, corporate seeking draws his presence in. And you can sense it, you can feel it. He's concentrating himself where he's sought. It's a, he meets us at a place of hunger. The scripture talks about deep, calls unto deep. We cry out to him and he meets us in our place of need. He meets us in our place of hunger. We seek his face, not just what he can do for us, not just his hand. I remember just come, going in God's house, Sensing his presence, just being healed in his presence, being renewed, being refreshed in his presence. Even in 2018, we've had some amazing services, have we? Come on. Come on, y'all. God has been with us. It's been amazing. Some of the Wednesday nights, some of the Sundays at the altar, the altar, the meeting place with God. I, can, I mean, there's been times here at the altar and, and people are up here and you just, you just sense the rain of the Holy Spirit. You just feel his presence. You, you feel it's, it's special. It's not ordinary. It's not always like that. It's not, there's an open heaven. I, I, one, one night I, I, I text pastor, I said, what an awesome night. I said, people didn't want to leave. I said, I didn't want to leave. I could have just stayed in his presence. His rain was falling. His spirit was, was falling. I, I felt it. I said, I just want to stay there all night. I just don't want to go home. I just want to be with him. I just want to be in his presence. That's the manifest presence of God. Fire doesn't fall on empty altars. You need, God's looking for a sacrifice. He's looking for a surrendered heart. When you get up from the altar, something has shifted. There's a freedom now. There's a joy. When you leave, the burdens are lifted. That's the altar. That's the meeting place with God. You've left your burden at the altar. You've left it there. Now you go and things have shifted. Something's different. Something's happened. There's a place of surrender. There's a place of brokenness. There's a place of healing. That's the altar. We lose our passion when that which was once precious becomes familiar. What about the presence of God? Do we long for it? Do we long to be with him? Do we want just to sit with him? Do we want to be with him in his presence? Another place we lose our passion is for God's people. 
God's people, the people God has put in our lives. I believe that God moves on the earth and he does a divine flow of relationships in our lives for kingdom purposes. That means he puts the people that he wants in your life in the right times to accomplish things in his kingdom. A divine flow of relationships. He connected me with Pastor Stovall 25 years ago. It's a connection, it's a divine flow. I met my wife Ashley in high school. Almost 30 years ago, we started dating. And when we went to our pastor to be married, he said, how long have y'all been together? We said, man, we've already been together seven years. He said, look, don't take, your, don't take her for granted. That was, that was a long time ago. I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not gonna take her for granted. And I've, I never forgot that counsel. How many of you know, sometimes getting counsel, wisdom from people is good, amen? Honor. The presence of the Lord. Don't take those close to you, the gifts from God's for granted. That's wisdom right there. By wisdom, a house is built. Amen? God, so, so God's people, the people he's put in your life, your wife, your husband, your children, your coworkers, your friends. How many of you know it takes a long time to become an old friend? It doesn't happen quickly, so we have to steward that. We have to honor that. The people God has put in your life. A great prayer, God, connect me with the right people. Keep the wrong people away. A great prayer for your children. Connect them to the right people. Keep the wrong people away. A divine flow of relationships. How about this? A passion for hurting people. A passion for broken people. Praying for your city. Jesus said that you, you'll receive the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power when the Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to Jerusalem, your city, to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. A passion for lost people. Um, when was the last time your heart broke for someone who was in need, they didn't have food. They were hurting, they were, their hearts were broken. Someone who didn't know the Lord, you, when was the last time your heart was broken for someone who didn't know the Lord and you just knew that they, they needed him so desperately? When I was a young Christian, our, our church did a lot with missions, just, just like Celebration does, and, and I remember the missionaries would come from Peru and Russia and India in Africa, and I would go home after services and many times I would just cry and I would just pray for the nations. The scripture says, ask of me and I will give the nations as, an, as your inheritance. And I remember the first time I ever went to Peru and I stood before the people and I said, I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you in America. A heart for the nations. I, I, sometimes we, we, we talk about the, the problem of racism. I tell you, for, for me, as a young man, crying out for the nations, crying out for South America and Africa and India, Russia, that's where racism was broken off in my life. I never thought about the color of someone's skin anymore. I was thinking about people's souls. I was crying out for lost nations. That's the gospel. 
We lose our passion when that which was once precious becomes familiar. God, give us a heart for people. Give us a heart for Jacksonville. Let, let our hearts break for the lost, for the hurting, for the, in, in this city, at the Dream Center, those in need. Give us your heart for people, oh God. Stir that passion. A third area we lose our passion for is God's purpose. God's purpose. God's purpose is not just what you do. It's who you become. Yes, he has assignments for us. He has things he wants us to do. Yes, he's given us gifts and callings, but he also wants to form Christ in us. His purpose is for you to bring him glory. Some of us need a fresh, our passion for being a vessel of God ignited. Not just what we can do, but who we become. God, I wanna be a vessel for you. I wanna be a man of God. I wanna be a woman of God. I want my life to bring you glory. I remember 25 years ago, I had just been saved. I went to Mexico and I went up on a mountain and I wrote my testimony out in Spanish and I preached it and they probably didn't understand much of it, but the anointing of God was on it. And I, I shared my, I went, we went out to the villages and I said, Los invitamos a la película de Jesus Cristo. We invite you to see a movie about Jesus. And I'll never forget them coming and watching the movie and watching him get saved. And a man came up to me and he said, Jesus sent you to me. I said, man, I said, I had just been saved. I was only saved a month. I said, this is my purpose. And the scripture that we covered on that trip 25 years ago was this. It was in Peter. And it says this, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. Man, that ministered to me. I knew what it was like to live a life in darkness, but I was called out into his marvelous light. You once were not the people of God, but now you are the people of God. You once had not obtained mercy, but now you had obtained mercy. He says this, beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. And I said, man, that's speaking to me. I'm chosen. Jesus said this, many are called, few are chosen. Here's what I think that means. Jesus preached to multitudes, but only a few responded to the call. Only a few chose to step in and said, yes, I surrender. Jesus wants, that he's willing that no man should perish, that all should come to repentance. He preached to multitudes, but only a few stepped in to the calling of God. Only a few continued to say yes and, and came into what God had chosen for them. That's what I believe it means. He says this, a royal priesthood. You don't have to go through a mediator. You don't have to go, you can go straight to the throne of God yourself. 
You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. Holy, separated, called out. The ecclesia, the, the called out ones. That means there's something different about your life. He says this, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against your soul. He says this, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. What does that say? That says people are watching. It says they're watching you. It says they will speak evil of you, but when they do, when they see your life, it's gonna bring glory to God. That means you live out what you believe, your purpose. It's first and foremost to know him. Paul said this, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being formed into his image. That I may know him, that's your purpose. Your purpose is to bring him glory. Your purpose is to bring him glory. Living out what you believe. And people are watching, they see what's happening, you're chosen. You're royal, you're holy, you're his own special people. You belong to God. Nothing can happen to you except God allows it. He owns you, you're, you're his, you're in the palm of his hand. You can have rest and comfort that you belong to him. You're his chosen people, holy people, special people. It says this, now that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out. Come on, everybody say, I'm called out. Come on, say, I'm called out. I'm called out of darkness. I don't want a place. The scripture, the scripture says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We have fellowship with one another, amen? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. We're called out of darkness that we may proclaim the praises of him who's delivered us, who's given us new life. We lose our passion when that which was once precious becomes familiar. God's presence, God's people, God's purpose, sometimes we began to drift. How do we get this back in the middle of the summer in Jacksonville, Florida? God says this a couple of ways. He says, repent and do your first works. Repent and do your first works. Some of you here this morning, those watching online at the campuses, you may not know the Lord. The scripture says, repent. What does that mean? It means to turn to turn away from. You're turning away from living for yourself and you're turning to the Lord. It starts in your mind. You're making a decision, I'm gonna follow Jesus. It's a decision that you make. It has to do with your mind. My life has broken the law of God. I need to repent. Through the Holy Spirit comes, he gives you the grace to repent and you make a decision to turn and believe the gospel and turn away from your own, own life and follow the Lord. That's repentance. That's the gospel. But it's in your mind, it's in your emotions. You're grieved at, 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 at how, the life you've been living. You know you're away from God. You, you feel bad about it, but you don't leave it there. You turn 
and you set your will now towards following God. That's repentance. Your mind, your emotions, and now you're willing. You say, I'm uh, gonna follow you, Jesus. I'm not living for myself anymore. I'm uh, gonna be a disciple of you, Jesus. That's repentance. Some of you need to repent. Jesus preached repentance. It's not a negative thing. There's a positive, there's a negative aspect of repentance because you're turning away from yourself, but there's a positive aspect of repentance because you're turning to the Lord. You're receiving new life in Jesus. Some of us, we've just drifted a bit. Some of you would say, Pastor Chris, honestly, I've just been going through the motions. You know, that's a part of life. It happens. We make mistakes. Isaiah says this, a bruised reed he will not break. A smoldering flax he will not quench. What does he want to do? He wants to breathe fresh life into you. He wants to ignite a fire in your heart. He doesn't want that fire to go out. John the Baptist says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. That's what he wants to do. What about your first works? Is church a priority? Is his word something that you has a place in your life? What about your prayer life? These are things, maybe you've drifted. It happens. It's a new beginning, a new beginning of obedience. You know what Charles Finney, the great evangelist said? Revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience. But it's not a, an obedience out of duty or legalism. Revival is nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God out of a deep and personal love for him. Not because you have to, because you love him. That's revival. You say, I've made mistakes. Man, we all mess up. We all miss the mark. We all drop the ball. Christians make mistakes. Can I have an amen? We get lazy. We, 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 you know, it's life. Things happen. We, we say the wrong thing. We make wrong decisions. That the, aren't you thankful for the grace of God? Aren't you thankful that love covers a multitude of sins? He's the lifter of our head. He's a loving father. He never gives up on us. Amen, that's the God we serve. Aren't you grateful? Aren't you thankful for that? Me too, yes. He knows that we make mistakes. He loves us, but at the same time, he's looking for a heart that's quick to repent and come back to him. That's what David did. David made many mistakes. He was a man after God's own heart because he came back to the Lord. He had a heart that was loyal to God. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking those whose hearts are loyal to him. What does that mean? God, I love you. I'm sorry I messed up. I love you. And I want to be loyal to you. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to you. That's repentance. Another way to, to light a fire in our hearts, to have a passion for God, is to remember what God has done. Repent and do your first works. Remember what God has done. The scripture says this in Psalm 77. It says, I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. Man, that, I, I was thinking of this passage, I was meditating on it. I will remember the works of the Lord. I, surely I will remember the wonders of old. I'll remember the years of the right hand of the most high. To me, that just speaks of years of faithfulness. Some of you, he's been so faithful. You look back and this, he's, the, the years of the right hand 
To, write, to me, that's in the Lord's right hand. It just speaks of God's provision. It speaks of God's protection. You, it speaks of his faithfulness. The years of faithfulness that he's had. Man, I'm telling you, you reflect on that, and God will start to touch your heart. Your heart will start to shift. I'll remember the works of the Lord. You know what that speaks to me? God's blessings. The, have me know he, he, the Bible says he, God is love. He loves to bless his children. For you, O oh Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, you'll surround them as with a shield. God loves to pour his blessings out on his children. He loves to bless us. That's the works of the Lord. That's who he is, is, is a God that blesses. Amen. The years of the right hand, faithfulness, the works, his blessings. Surely I will remember the wonders of old. Do you know what that speaks to me? God's miracles. Do you still believe that God does miracles? What's a miracle? It's when God intervenes in the course of natural events. Something that wasn't going to happen in the natural changed because the Lord intervened supernaturally. That's a miracle. Throughout the Bible, there's miracles. Do we believe that God still does miracles? I will remember the wonders of old. And I was reflecting on a miracle working God. Man, I'm telling you, you want your passion to be stirred up? Remember the miracles that he did in your life. He called you, he saved you, he connected you. He's, he, did, he blessed you when you know you didn't deserve it. You couldn't even think about that and God brought it around to you. But not only that, when you needed a miracle, he showed up. And if he did it once, if he did it once, he'll do it again. I started, I remember as a new Christian, some of you guys know my story. I, I, when I graduated, I went to law school for a while. I, I got a big student loan for that. It, I, it was $10,000. To me, it felt like a million. And I remember I got married and I wanted to buy a house and I just, I felt like it was the biggest mountain for me. How am I ever gonna pay this out? We didn't make much money. And I just could, I felt like I'll never pay this off. And I just remember talking to the Lord and praying over that. I remember I was driving in my car and I had a beeper. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and my beeper went off. And I, the, I, I pulled into this library. It had a pay phone. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I called the number, and it was a relative who I, I was in a bad relationship with. And he said, I'm going to pay that loan off. I will never forget hanging that phone up and saying, you are a miracle-working God. I'll never forget it. It was a big mountain in my life. I remember uh, 10 or 12 years ago, it was 10 years ago, my daughter, it happened to be on Halloween day. She got sick. Some of you guys know the story. But you know what? I'm gonna declare the works of the Lord. I'm gonna remember the works of the Lord. She got sick and she, she, she couldn't move her leg. So I actually said, Maggie's feel, she's not feeling well. She, she can't move like I said, she'll be fine. She's got a cold. You know, next thing I know, we're in the ER and Maggie can't move, she can't move her leg and they said she's contracted this deal called transverse myelitis where her central nervous system was being attacked 
and she couldn't move. And so she couldn't move her leg and she can't use her bladder. And it all happened so fast. You know, and I, I just feel like some of you guys know what I'm talking about. I just feel like someone just hit me in the stomach. I couldn't hardly breathe because it all happened like that. And I could hardly even pray. I was just, you know, you love someone so much. She, she's so uh, helpless, you know, and I could hardly even pray. But I tried to pray and we went down the, we're at the, I remember we're down at the river, down at the hospital down the river, Maggie, she's in the hospital bed. And they said, whatever she's like in three months, that's how she'll probably be. So we're praying. I'm broken, guys. I'm, I'm believing. We're praying. Church family's praying. Three months goes, she can't walk. She, she's only five. She can't walk. And, and so, you know, I'm like, God, we just need a miracle. Ashley's praying. She's taking her to the, to the doctor. She's trying to take her to therapy. She's pushing her around in a wheelchair. I'm telling you, we brought her to God's house. And I'm telling you, we believe for a miracle. And we began to pray. And then she began to walk. And she began to walk with a limp. And she began to walk, run with a gait. And I'm telling you, she, she, she would run with a gait. But we just kept praying. And when she would run with that gate, it would break my heart, honestly. And I said, God, just bring healing. And we tried to pray. But here's what happened. Ashley brought Maggie to the altar. And, she, and someone came up to her and prayed a prayer of agreement. Here's, sometimes in life, you need someone to come alongside and pray a prayer of agreement. I'm telling you guys, the third way to get to, to renew passion is to pray the prayer of agreement. I'm telling you guys, I felt like God showed me this at the end of last year, and it's a key that many of us are missing out. Ashley brought Maggie to the altar. Someone prayed the prayer of agreement. Jesus said this, if any of you agree as touching anything they ask, it'll be done by my Father in heaven. You say, well, it sounds like a formula. I don't know what it sounds like. It's the word of God. It's right there. Whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive, Jesus said. Say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe what you say and it's gonna come to pass. And I'm just telling you, she came to that altar and the prayer of agreement, I believe, was the key to release healing. The third way to restore passion is many of you feel stuck you need to pray a prayer of agreement. It's spoken in the earth. The prayer of agreement. I believe that faith releases, that, that action releases the anointing. Action. Faith. So there's faith that says, come alongside. Let's touch and agree in prayer. It's spoken. It's an, it's an act of faith. Action releases the anointing. Faith is an act based upon a belief. You believe that God is with you. David killed the lion, then he killed the bear. He knew that God was with him, and so he had faith to go after Goliath. The scripture says he ran towards the Philistine in faith. I just think for many of you, it's a prayer of agreement. Come on, let's all stand today. Let's stand together. At the campuses, let's stand. Here's what I wanna pray for. 
I wanna give, I wanna pray for a, a couple of things. Come on, let's all just lift our hands quickly. Come on, I just want God to move right now. God, Holy Spirit, move at the campuses. Some of us, need, we need our passion renewed. That which was once precious has become familiar. It's God's presence. It's his people. It's his purpose. We need to be stirred up. Uh, we, need to re- we need to repent. We need to remember the miracles. He's been faithful. We need to reflect. We need to remember his works. Some of us need to ask God to stir us up, God. Stir us up, fresh vision, fresh fire, a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. Behold, I'll do a new thing, says the Lord. I'll make streams in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. You, you're in, a, va- you're in a, a wilderness. You need a, a fresh touch from the living water of God. Just, just began to pray, God, fill me. God, touch me this morning. God, just touch us right now. Rest- just renew us, restore us. God, some of you just need a touch from the Lord right now. In the middle of, a, of, of the summer in Jacksonville, Orange Park, you need, you need a touch from, um, from Jesus. You need the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, move. Rain, fall. Touch your people, God. Thank you for the presence of God. God, stir a passion in your people, God. God, renew us. God, we return to our first love, God. We love you more today than we ever have before. Some of you, you need to repent and right where you're at, you just need to repent and follow Jesus. You're going your own way. We used to have a billboard on the way downtown. You know what it said? Your life, God's way. You know what that means? That means we don't live for ourselves. We live for Jesus. We put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added. Some of you need to repent and follow Jesus. Look, right in your own seat. Right now, if you say, Pastor Chris, that's me. Come on, lift your hand up quickly. That's me. I need to repent and follow Jesus. Right there, I just want to pray for you right where you are. Lord Jesus, we just just pray with me right there. We just turn and we follow you. We repent of living for ourselves, and we repent and turn and follow you with all of our heart, with all of our life, with all of our strength. We commit to putting you first. Thank you for making us anew. Some of you need a miracle. Here's what I want to do as we close the service. If you'd say, Pastor Chris, I need a miracle. I need a miracle, the wonders of all. I need God to do a wonder in my heart, in my life, in my family, in my situation. If that's you, this is your scripture. If any two of you agree as touching anything they ask, it will be done by my Father in heaven. If that's you, raise a hand all over this arena at the campuses. Those of you who raise your hands, I'm gonna ask you to step out quickly and come to the altar and we're gonna pray a prayer of agreement with you in the name of Jesus. The worship team is gonna lead us into a song, but we're believing for a miracle. We believe in a miracle working God. Those in your seats, I'm gonna ask that you would be in an attitude of worship. Draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Come on, around the altar, come on, come quickly. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.